Hey, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of YM United. We are part of the Youth Ministry Podcast Network. You can follow us at Youth Ministry PN on Instagram or Twitter. And if you don't already, follow us at YM underscore United. Same thing, Instagram and Twitter. We are sponsored by G-Shades, which is a youth ministry curriculum and teaching strategy that's focused on helping students see every life situation through the lens of the gospel. Hey, if you're looking for a youth ministry curriculum, this curriculum is awesome. It is for you as a youth pastor that is designed to do something a little bit different. It's designed to help you produce confident, gospel-focused students who are able to use their gospel lens to navigate the complexities of modern culture. We're all in youth ministry professionally, so when it comes to the gospel, most of us model it to our students, but G-Shade's goal is to help youth pastors teach it to their students. And when you get G-Shade's curriculum, each series is going to come with message manuscripts, small group leader guides, parent guides, daily Instagram devotionals, games, graphic slides, and even bumper videos. So download your free week of G-Shade's curriculum at gshades.org. That's gshades.org. And when you order, use promo code UNITED to receive 5% off. Hey, guys, thank you so much for listening. All right. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the 15th episode of YM United. We have a great podcast planned for you today. I am joined with none other than our YM United family. We have got the one, the only, Matt Basketball Bowman and Taylor <laughs> Brown. Taylor. Podcast. What's, What's up, up Taylor? guys? Taylor. It, it's I love that. It's switching it's switching the emphasis. It sounds like syllables. French or something. I don't know. Like we're influencers, guys. We influence. We change things. <laughs> <laughs> that, I like it. You know, it does sound French. Like like that's that's the fancier way to say Taylor, quite honestly. Right, it's classy. It's, it they really is. It. Yeah, I'm, I'm for it. I'm for it, honestly. I agree. Well, guys, we're, we're super excited about the podcast today. Uh, we're in light of, you know, recent events and, and really just the, the heart of, of God for those he's called to pastor, which is you guys, which is the whole purpose of this podcast. We're going to talk today about the topic of self-care for pastors, because I believe a lot of the times uh, pastors pour out so much that they forget themselves. And that's where we run into a lot of issues, uh, you know, in their day-to-day lives. So we're going to go down that topic. But before we go down that topic, I want to throw it over to Matt. He's got a special announcement of a segment coming up. Matt? Yes. So we decided we've got uh, our very own Blake Gunter out in Goodyear, Arizona. We love Blake on this podcast. He brings a lot of a lot of fun, a lot of life to our podcast. And so I'd asked him recently if he'd like to do a segment called a five-minute boost from Blake. So um, the idea behind it is just to give some encouragement in light of whatever we are talking about. So all right, well, welcome to a new segment a boost from Blake. This is going to be a three to five minute motivation boost from our very own Blake. Blake, what's up? What is up, Matthew? Can I call you Matthew? Is that a, is that something I can say? That is totally okay. Although Matthew I feel like T, I'm in trouble. Matthew T. Matthew T. Bowman. Is that how? You, is that Matthew T. Bowman? No, Matthew. I give every. Oh, Alan. Alan. No way. That's my middle name. Yes. What a weird, what a, what a coinky dink. Yes. All right. You cool. can call me Matthew, but I feel like I'm in trouble when you call me Matthew, but. Sounds good, Matthew. Sounds good. Dude. Yeah. Welcome to the boost with Blake guys. We're so stoked about it. Yes. Excited to start this. So Blake, um, that was awesome. Um, so we are going to jump right into this, Blake, uh, your motivation for youth pastors surrounding the topic of self-care. Uh, what do you yeah. have for us? Yeah, man. I, I think this is pretty short and simple. Number one, there's, I'm going to give you three things, right? Number one, you're not alone, right? You're not alone in where you're at in student ministry. So let's just be real. Student ministry is extremely difficult. It's extremely, extremely. Ministry, ministry anyways, 
is extremely difficult. But but student ministry is super hard because we just see these kids have so much potential. And I think if you're like me, you see the potential in these students. And then sometimes if we're not careful, um, we take it on ourselves for them not doing well. And I know that sounds like nuts, right? It's like, man, if a kid uh, says, you know, I love Jesus. And then they go out and just like, like dog cuss their parents or something. Um, that's not on you. Let's just be real. Like that is not on you. But what it is is saying, you know what? We've got more work to do and that's okay. And we utilize those type of things. Uh, I wouldn't say um, necessarily failures, but maybe those shortcomings that we see in our students, um, not as an indictment on you as a person and saying, you know, I'm not good enough. Uh, but maybe say, you know what? It's a little bit more motivation and we still have work to do. And the greatest part is our work is never going to be done. Um, job security, people are having children and they grow up. So guess what? We need people like you. Secondly, um, so, so number one, we're in the same spot. So don't, um, don't think you're the only one struggling with what you're struggling with. Secondly, ask. And, w- and what I mean by that is ask for help. Ask for advice. Ask for somebody to listen. There are so many people out there right now that are, like I said, struggling with what you're struggling with or that have gone through what you've gone through, especially in student ministry. Um, why we have named our podcast Youth Ministry United, right? It's like we are here together to accomplish one goal, and that is make Christ famous amongst teenagers. Specifically. But here's the thing. We should care for one another. We should care for one another. Mm-hmm. We should also say this that none of us are better nor worse than any other person because we, we've been all redeemed by the Jesus Christ. And so I would say this is ask for help. Also ask somebody on your staff for a day off every once in a while. Um, my lead pastor, he is a, this dude is the bomb. I'm not going to lie to you. If you ever have the chance to meet our lead pastor, Chad, um, I will tell you, you will be a whole lot better for it. Um, I went into his office and I said, Chad, I don't know if I'm doing well. Um, I, I feel like I'm not good enough for my own job. I don't, I don't feel that I need to, you know, be doing youth ministry sometimes. And he's like, dude, listen, he asked me two questions. How deep are you into the word? And when was the last time that you got some self care? The first one is pretty simple. I think we could all say, I'm not as deep in the word as I should be. Um, and that sucks. Um, I'd never wanted to be in the statistic of 90% of pastors that are in the word, uh, only when they're uh, preaching, right? Or when they're getting ready for a message. Uh, and I find myself in that sometimes. Um, and when is the last time I took care of myself? Um, I can't think of it. We've been in this ministry for just a little over a year now here in Arizona, and it's been amazing. Um, but one thing we do is we pour out and pour out and pour out and pour out. But we need to really seek getting poured into. Um, and so surround yourself with people that are desiring to pour into you as well and will speak life into you and your ministry. And number three, get away. Get away. Um, I'll tell you, if uh, if you left your ministry today, I promise you it'd still go on. I know that sounds terrible, but what I'm saying is you are not bigger than your ministry. Your ministry is not, um, and it shouldn't um, be about necessarily you but it should be about making Jesus famous through, through and to your students. So get away, take time off, allow your sponsors, allow your coaches, allow your people to do your job every once in a while, build those leaders. And here's the thing, get away with just you and Jesus. Take time for yourself. So my pastor said this, when's the last time you've taken time for you and Jesus? He said, I need two days, one or two days a month that I just drop my kids off at school and I never come back to the office. And that is huge for me that I can just go up into the mountains here in Arizona, go hike, um, take a, take a, take a tent or, or something and just sit under an umbrella, whatever it is out in the mountains and just be me and God. I don't even know what that looks like because it's, but it's coming up pretty soon, but take time for that. But you also have to understand you have to allow people to tell you the good things that they see in you. I think one thing for me that's really hard, Matt, is this, is that, uh, people say things are going really well in ministry, but I'm my hardest critic and I see the bad. Mm-hmm. I see the bad and those outweigh the good. So take those good for what they are and they are good. So um, love on yourself, 
because Christ is telling you, you know what, I love you. And no matter what you do, you are good and you are good enough. And so this is it, man. Here's a boost. Go kick some butt for Jesus. But at the same time, stop kicking your own butt because we do that. We, we have that enough and Satan tries to do it way too often anyway. So that's yes. it, bro. There's the boost. Such good stuff. Blake, thank you. Those that are listening, hopefully you found some encouragement in what Blake was talking about. Blake, we love you. Thank you so much for your five minutes motivational boost for us as Youth Ministry United Nation. Yeah, man. We'll see you next time. All right. Great stuff from Blake. We love Blake. We wish love, he could be here with us love right that now. Guy. Love but, that you know, guy. he's in a weird time zone, so it's his fault. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so moving on to the topic of, of self-care for pastors. This is a really important topic uh, for all of us and, and something that we firmly believe in uh, and that's been taught to me. And I, I believe uh, these guys could maybe speak to it as well. And I think this this will be the first place we start is, uh, you know, I was taught that you always want to minister from the overflow, right? And it sounds super spiritual, um, but I believe it has a, a big impact in this conversation because what it what it says is that we need to minister to people out of the overflow of what God is ministering to us. But I believe a lot of the time uh, pastors don't spend that personal time with Jesus. In fact, there's a, I don't remember the percentage, but there is a, I think it's something like 80% from George Barna said that 80% of pastors only read their Bibles to figure out what they're going to preach that week, mm-hmm. um, which is insane. Um, and, and I'm not saying that I'm not guilty of doing that sometimes, but it, it, it makes it very clear that self-care is something they struggle with. So if you guys had to speak to that topic of ministering from the overflow, what do you think about when you hear that statement? Um, and, and how would you explain that to somebody, to a pastor or to our listeners about what that means for them as far as self-care? Yeah, I think, uh, I think ministering from the overflow is, is definitely important. Um, I know Blake had mentioned earlier that he didn't want to fall into that 80, 90% that just was in their, in their Bible when they were preparing for a message. And I think it's important to stay grounded in the word. And one thing that he also mentioned, which I found kind of awesome and freeing in a sense, is his lead pastor told him to literally one, two times every month, don't even come into the office after you drop your kids off at school. Just go spend time with Jesus. Wherever you want to spend time with him, go spend time with Jesus. Don't come into the office. Don't worry about work. Spend time with Jesus, focusing on your relationship with him, focusing on that overflow of, of God's love just flowing out of your heart. So I, I, I love that. Um, I think it's important. I don't think I do it enough, and I would love to spend more time doing that. Um, I think I might take up that offer from Blake's senior pastor to not even go into the office one or two days a month. Like I would love to do that. It sounds so awesome to not even have to worry about that work for those, those one or two days every month and just focus on my relationship with Jesus. So I think, I think it's important. Yeah, I think that's the start. I think spiritual self-care is where we start. Cause there's yeah. there, and we'll talk about the different areas because we've got different areas. But Taylor, what do you think? It's because we're, start, we're spiritual beings in a physical body, right? So minister the overflow spiritual. Tell me what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I think um, – I love I love that challenge that Blake talked about that Matt you just mentioned that um, that that really there's there's a time to be able to just spend being with God not doing anything um, and I think that's a that's a powerful lifestyle if we can get into that rhythm um, like like we said there's a huge percentage of pastors myself included who who could do so much better at, at this and especially the, the spiritual care side of, of spending time with God. Um, and not trying to accomplish things for God. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, for me, when I think about this, it w- and whether you're part-time, bivocational, full-time in, in youth ministry, one thing I think that sometimes becomes tethered together is all of a sudden your job is connected to, to your spirituality if, mm-hmm. if, we're, if, if we're not careful. Um, and these two things can become super tethered together to where it's, you know, am I, am I a good pastor becomes, you know, well, well that's directly tied to, 
to my Bible engagement and, and, and prayer and all those things. And if we're not careful, those practices, and I've seen this in my own life of, of Bible reading, of prayer, of, of those things that we as Christ followers should be doing, we, we place them in the category of, oh, they're part of our job. They're part of being a youth pastor or a youth director, right. or, you know, full-time, part-time, whatever. Um, and, and I think that's one big thing that, that can sometimes cause us to, to run out of this overflow. Or, and and run, when I say run out, it's literally running on empty um, to where right. we don't even have an overflow. We're, we're not filled up. Right. Um, and it comes from, from really just attaching these spiritual practices to remain grounded and healthy and filled up to, well, that's part of the job. You know, I don't read my Bible because I, I just want to be with God. I'm reading my Bible to do something, to accomplish something, to write the message, to, yep. to whatever it might be. And, and I think that's one thing that I, for me, I consistently try to remind myself of, and, and, and I fall short a lot of the time. Um, but, but just when, and when I can get in moments of just reminding myself to be with God, um, it, it's powerful. It's just, it's just amazing what he can do. Even, even in those short moments, I don't know about you all, but, but there's been times where it's like, man, today I can only, you know, I tell myself, you know, I, I can only give a few minutes to this. Um, it's amazing what, what God will do. Even when we give up just a fraction of our, of our time to be able to be with him. I think that's a huge part of it. Yeah, that's good. So, uh, you're saying that, and, and all I'm thinking about is, uh, yeah, yeah. There's a song. It's 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 not very mainstream, so you guys may not may, may or may not know it, and I don't remember the name of it. But it's um, uh, it may have been Brian and Jen Johnson, but basically singing. Uh, you know, we don't want you. God's is basically God singing to us. I just come and be with me, right? And I'm not going to sing it because I want to spare our listeners and I don't want to lose any of those uh, <laughs> singing. But the idea was, and I think that is the, the challenge is we do this for a living. <laughs> you know, uh, we, we're reading scriptures constantly thinking, well, what can I bring to the table or what can I, uh, can be my next message or whatever it might be. And so now even just reading, even in the moments, and I found this on myself is even in the moments of, prayer time and being in with Jesus, I find that my mindset is automatically in this. I'm reading this to get something. And sometimes that's not the case, or I'm praying to receive a word from God or I'm whatever it might be, because it is part of our job that we do those things. So you almost have to try it. It's very intentional to disconnect, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I think, I think that's right. So before we move on to the next part of self-care as for pastors, cause there's obviously many parts um, Matt, you know, talk to me, let's take it a step further. Cause we're, we're practical, right? Let's, let's give, give one or two practical things that you yourself either do want to do or would recommend that would help, uh, you know, our youth pastor listeners, our youth worker listeners be able to just be with Jesus and, and fill the tank spiritually, so to speak, so they can minister out of the overflow. Yeah. Well, let me, let me start here. Anytime a student comes to me and says, Hey, Matt, I, I don't feel like God's speaking to me. I don't feel close to God. I feel like he's not even like, I feel like I'm not in his presence enough, whatever. One of my first questions to that student will always be, are you reading your Bible? Because I believe that when we're not staying grounded in the word, how, how are we going to hear, how are we going to hear God's voice? You, you need to be able to, to kind of recognize what God is, is telling you to do. And I think that starts with spending time in, in scripture. So my, my question to youth pastors is as well, are you, are you reading your Bible to just prepare for a message or are you actually reading it to grow deeper in your relationship with, with Jesus. So I think, I think that would be a question if you are listening to ask yourself, am I, am I reading it just to accomplish the simple task of creating a message on a Sunday or Wednesday night? Or am I reading my Bible to actually grow in my relationship with Jesus and focus on my spiritual health? Um, so just be real and ask yourself, why, why am I reading my Bible? Am I, am I reading it to accomplish that task of the, 
the, the writing the message or am I reading it to focus more on my spiritual health? Yeah, that's, that's good. good. That's I, good. I, um, I agree, but let me take you one more step further. I want to ask you this because this is something where I am, uh, Matt. So you, so we want to differentiate what would you do or how would you go about ensuring like, let's say you're prepping to read your Bible. This isn't study time. This is just you and Jesus time. You know, what's your mindset? What are you saying to yourself? What are the things you're doing to, you know, to prep your mindset going in that, you know, this isn't to get a message. This is just to be with him. How would you prep that? Or how would you advise somebody to prep that? Well, I think, I think one of the ways I kind of prep myself for that is to not do it while I'm in the office. Ooh, that's good. Or at the church. Like, so like change I, the physical setting. Right. Change the physical setting. Like for me personally, I'll wake up 20, 30, 40 minutes early or whatever and just spend time in the morning with coffee and the Bible to just grow in my relationship with, with Jesus. I don't want to make it like that is not my time to say, okay, I need to come up with a message. I'm going to read something and I'm going to start coming up with this message for Wednesday night. That's not what that time is for. That time is specifically for, I'm going to set aside time. I'm going to learn. I'm going to gain wisdom from what I'm reading and not, I'm going to write a message from what I'm reading. So yeah, change the physical setting of where you're at. I don't personally like to, I I feel like if I'm in the office and I'm starting to, okay, let's, let's pull out my Bible. I feel like I have to accomplish a task at that point. Um, just because of the physical setting. So that's good. I think that's key. I think that's key advice. Um, Cause I, shoot, I think that's key, super key. I think that helped a ton. Taylor, what do you think? What are some um, practical um, things that you do or you would recommend to separate the time spent with God to achieve something or just time spent with God because you want to spend time? How would you separate it's funny because Matt, you actually mentioned real quick what I was thinking, and you mentioned you're changing. And Graham, you said this too about changing your space, about changing your physical space. And the one thing that I think has helped me, um, and especially in some different seasons and difficult seasons of life, when trying to really take time to connect with God, is is I've I've found my space to do that. Uh, and here here's what I mean. I, I think that we're more prone. And and it's a little bit easier to have that time of connecting with God through whatever it is, through whether it's reading scripture or through prayer or through journaling or through listening to worship music or through meditating, whatever that is. Um, I think we're more prone and more likely to do that if we have a designated space that that's ours, that we do that in. Right. And, and, and I, hear me, I don't mean that this is like only a private space in your own home. It very well could be. It could be your back patio. It could be your recline in your living room. It could be, you know, by your pool. It could be wherever. Um, but, but I think there's also public places where this happens too. It could be in your favorite beach. It could be under your favorite tree. It could be by a river. It could be in the favorite corner of your library or your coffee shop or, or whatever it is. Um, but I think when we, when we can get in those places where just something happens, where we're able to spend that time connecting with God and we, and we go to this place consistently, it becomes a part of, or rhythm. Um, and then it just it sort of enables us to, once we get there to enter into that a little bit easier, much like Matt, you said, you know, this, this tendency of, you know, when I'm in the office or when I'm at the church, you know, you, there's this tendency of like, you have this feeling of wanting to get stuff done. Mm-hmm. And I think it's cause that's, that's what we do most there. You know, most of the time we're in the office, most of the time we're at the church, we're wanting to get stuff done. One minister to students want to write the lesson. We're wanting to go through emails, wanting to get through stuff. And so it's sort of the opposite. It's that same idea, but flipped on its head for what I'm talking about, where, where you're able to have that space and that place mm-hmm. where what you do there most often is connect with God. And so when you're there, when you go there, you, you have this, this sort of rhythm in you of, of you know, your heart quiets down and your soul calms down and you're just able to, to connect with God in that place. So that, that would be, right. I think, I've, I've done that in different seasons of my life. I wish I could say I did it super consistently and I always had my place and, and all that. Um, but, but I know during certain seasons of, of my life that this has really helped me a lot. 
You know, it's funny we're on this because I just thought about it as y'all were talking it. Jesus had a place that he went when he prayed. He didn't heal people. He didn't uh, do his ministry in the same spot that he got away to in the morning times to pray. In fact, I'm going to drop a little bug here. You know, this is not a paid sponsorship. Um, <laughs> disclaimer. <laughs> a disclaimer. But this is, um, there's a book that I read a while back called Simple Devotion. And it is about is by Michael Wood and Samuel Bentley. Uh, and it is a great book on on this topic, on just getting to a place where you're spending time with God hmm. um, for you. The, it's called Simple Devotion, Answering the Radical Call. And it's about the call of Jesus on your life, but that it comes out of a simple place of devotion with Him. And that's hmm. one of the things that breaks down the Lord's Prayer. It's really good. I highly recommend it. Simple Devotion by Michael Wood and Samuel Bentley. All right, so... For sake of time, let's move to the next one. So I think that's good. So self-care, and I think when we talk about self-care for pastors, we often talk about the spiritual side of that because obviously what we do is spiritual in nature. But I also believe that we as a whole unit, as a body, a soul, a spirit, right? As we, are, we are triune beings, just like he's a triune God, right? So we, we have three parts to ourselves that I think need to be taken care of. And I think you guys would agree. So for that was our spiritual side, right? Let's talk about our mental side. So let's just, let's, you know what, we'll save that one. Let's go to the physical side first. So let's go physical, right? So, um, you know, one of the things that ministry brings with it, especially if you're bivocational, you know, or, you know, you work a full-time job and volunteer in your youth role is you get really, really busy. You know, you get bogged down with all these different things that you have to do. You have Wednesday night, you know, your full-time job, 40 hours. You got Wednesday nights, you got Saturday nights, you got Friday night football games during the, you know, during the school year. You got all these different things going on. So you get pretty busy, which can bog down on you physically. And I know that one of the things for me, my body will shut down. Like I'll, I'll start getting sick, not because I've caught, not necessarily because I'm like catching anything or whatever, but because my body's going, hey, Graham, slow down. You're doing too much. Um, so one of the things that I'm, I'm a big, um, you know, I'm a big fan of is, you know, exercising and trying to eat right and things like that. Um, you know, so I believe that's part of it. You know, I had a pastor tell me it's hard to be spiritually up when you're physically down. I mean, if you guys think about it, whenever you're sick, how, how easy is it to get up when you're sick and go and have your prayer time in your prayer space? Because you don't want to even get out of bed. So let's talk about that for a little bit, because I think we neglect that often because uh, we do get so busy. Um, so my question would be, uh, let's, let's get, we'll go with Taylor first. Taylor, what would you say are some things you've kind of learned over time on, on that in this, in this aspect, or maybe uh, some other people have told you or things that you do that you, would, that you think help as far as taking care of yourself on a physical level? It's a great question. Uh, I think one of the things that stands out to me, I think because this this is this specific thing was such is such a struggle for me even now. Um, and I've gotten a little bit better at this over the years, but it's still a huge struggle for me is is taking time to physically rest um, in, mm. in, in the in the rhythm of life in the rhythm of ministry. Um, Sabbath. Yeah, Sabbath. And this is something that you know I was quite honestly terrible at. Uh, when I first started ministry full time, um, I was just so awful at taking time for myself, taking time to rest. I, I just, I just ne- never did it. Um, and, and I had lots of leaders, lots of pastors, lots of people in my life and at my church that, that really um, showed, you know, spoke truth and love to me, quite honestly, about how I was just running myself into the ground. And what happens is, is you're never able to catch up um, once you hit a certain point where you're just, you're just tired. And then that, that, you know, that two day weekend, or sometimes it's a one day weekend for us in busy seasons of that one day off. wasn't, it wasn't enough. And so I'd come back in and do the whole grind again, and just be even more tired and more tired and more tired. Um, and so over the years, I've just discovered the importance of, um, of taking time to, to physically rest. Um, I, I believe it's, I believe it's Mike Foster, who's an, an incredible uh, pastor and an author. I mean, I mean, if you've ever heard of him, check him out. Um, I went to a breakout, um, of his at Orange Conference, I think it was a couple of years ago, and he talked about rest. He talked about the importance of of rest, you know, holistically. Talking about you know, you know, mental rest, spiritual rest, but physical rest especially. And and what I love is he he created this this rhythm in his life where 
where he has um, one day a week, one day a month. And then like he does quarterly things too. So he'll do a couple days, you know, a few days in a row quarterly. And then he'll do a big once a year. He'll do like a week long, just sort of get away. And, and the whole purpose of that is just a time for him to rest and restore and rebuild. Um, that's it. Now, now hear me. I totally get, especially if we have multiple jobs or for full time at a church, that is hard to just like on a whim, like tomorrow, change your, change your schedule around and go, okay, sweet. I've got that all figured out. Um, but, but what I've been trying to do is I've been trying to just build some of that in slowly. So, you know, start with the one day a week, you know, are you getting one day a week where you are truly physically resting? Right. Not doing um, anything. When, when, when you, when you have that rhythm, then go to, you know, okay, do you have that one day a month? And you, you have that one day a month where you, maybe you're going doing something a little extra. Maybe you're going, you know, maybe instead of just hanging out and resting at home, you're going kayaking to, to restore, you know, yeah. to, to rebuild. I mean, who knows what that looks like for you. Um, but that's, that's, that's been a, that's been a big one. That's been a big one for me, even just to share a quick story, even, um, you know, I've had growth in this area to where just this past week, um, I was talking to who, you know, our family pastor at our church. And, and I was saying, um, I was saying, you know, I, I am, I'm tired. I said, and it's not, it's not with, it's not due to lack of sleep. It's not due to lack of anything. It's not lack of, you know, it's not due to having a four month old, um, you know, that probably plays a part, but, but it's not all that. Um, I said, I said, what it is, is I, I never fully took time to rest from summer. And our summers in our context and our church is just crazy. I mean, we yeah. run, 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 run. Um, and, and I never took time to do that. And so we were talking with him and I'm hopefully going to take a, I have some vacation time still available. Um, and I'm hoping to take a week in October um, just to do this, just to rest. Um, it's the first time I've really done this. Um, aside from taking your know, family vacations and time off with my whole family. Um, so, so, you know, that's, it's something that I'm still even learning today. I wish I was a whole lot better at it, but, but it's something that's really started to started to transform my life and my rhythm. Cause it makes my ministry better when I'm there and when I'm rested. So mm-hmm. that, I mean, I think that's yeah. the biggest thing when it comes to physical, you know, taking care of yourself physically is, is are you doing what you can to, to rest right. and to take time to really restore and rebuild yourself? It's so good. And it's funny that we, we neglect this sometimes. And, you know, the Lord was so clear as man have, you know, don't forsake the Sabbath. And that's not because he's like forcing you to not do something. I think one of the things we, we mess up about God is we think all these rules are just rules to suck the fun out of life. And no, you can't do that because it's your Sabbath or whatever. But God's going, no, I know you better than you do. I yeah. created you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know that if you don't put this thing down for a minute, you are going to fail. Absolutely. <laughs> so he's trying to get us to rest. I think that's key, you know. So, and and, and that's probably one of my worst <laughs> areas is resting. Um, but I, it's it's funny you say that. Is this just this week? I, I normally go to the gym uh, every morning, Monday through Friday, mm-hmm. and. I woke up Wednesday morning to go to the gym and just didn't like, just didn't feel it. I was like, mm. Mm. and I knew if I got up and forced myself, it could have been bad. So I just laid back down and went to sleep, got me another hour and a half of sleep. And yeah. um, I woke up felt feeling more refreshed than ever. And it's funny. I wear a, a fitness band thing that tells you monitors your sleep to tell you how much you recover is the best recovery night I've ever had. And it was just taking time. Wow. To rest. Mm. Pretty, pretty good. But um, no, we have a saying. We have a saying in our church. For real, we we say this. Pastors, pastors will say this to one another. Is sometimes the best thing you can do is take a nap. Oh, and, gosh, and we yeah. say that like like half jokingly, but half serious too. Amen. Sometimes, sometimes the most healthy thing for you physically, mentally, spiritually, yes, is not to go read ten chapters in a in, in a self care book. Sometimes right. it is, but other times it isn't. Sometimes literally the best thing you can do is to just take a nap and rest. That's so good. I mean, it seems silly, but it's so true. (laughs) But it's true. Listen to this. It's so funny. Think about when Jesus was on the boat, right? Storm's going. He's sleeping, right? Mm -hmm. He's passed out of sleep. Mm -hmm. All hell's breaking loose around him, and he's asleep. And then, because here's how firmly believe, he calmed that storm because he had taken a nap. He took up his little power nap. He stood up, calmed the storm. He's like, come on, guys, take naps. Anyway, all right, (laughs) moving on. (laughs) Matt. So talking about physical, uh, you know, physical self-care, we've talked about rest. We've talked about eating, right, you know, exercising. 
you know, what are some other things or, um, you know, if not other things, what are some things that you've experienced in your life in ministry um, or some other things that maybe could add value to help our, you know, help everybody rest better or, you know, take care of themselves physically? Yeah, I think the idea of physical rest as well for me is something that, you know, it's a struggle being bivocational, um, working. I'll be honest. I just, here's a glimpse into the life of Matt. I wake up at four 30 every morning. It's awful. I hate waking up at four 30 every morning. God's not up that early. No, he's not like, I can't even hear from Jesus at four 30 in the morning. Joking. Obviously joking about that. Praying but, at the time he was up praying. Yes. Yes. So, I wake up at four 30, I go to work and, um, Wednesday, you know, Wednesday night youth group, I'm four 30 in the morning until nine o'clock at night. I come home, I'm ready for bed right away. Um, I feel old because I'm ready for bed every night by eight or nine o'clock because I'm waking up at four 30, but it's, you know, it, it's hard to rest when you're in bivocational ministry, especially when you're working like a, nine to five, eight, whatever job every Monday through Friday. When do you get your rest? Because you're working on Sundays and then you might have a youth event on a Saturday. Like when is your rest? When do you find rest in that amount of time? So naps. Yes. You got to get, you got to get creative in how you rest and when you rest when you're bivocational. And, and I'll be honest, I've got a little bit, of an interesting job where I work a split shift morning until like 9am and then afternoons like two to five. So in that middle time when I'm not at work, I can find some time to rest. So I I have a unique job in that sense to the point where I can find some times to rest throughout the course of my week. Um, Because, you know, Saturdays are, uh, who, who knows what's going on on Saturdays? I, sometimes I do youth services on Saturdays. Um, right. so I don't, I don't have a time to rest on, on Saturdays. So finding creative, t- like creative ways being bivocational, um, I think is important. So whatever you're, you know, if you're in bivocational ministry, take a look at your schedule and see when you can find times to rest, because obviously it's not going to be Sundays. <laughs> um, sometimes it means just going to bed early. Right. Well, yeah. yeah, going to bed at eight eight o'clock every night. One of my problems was I'm sitting there complaining about the lack of sleep that I was getting, and it was because I was up binge watching The Office for two and a half hours, three hours a night. With, There's I nothing. Mean, there is nothing wrong with that. I mean, well worth it, right there. Oh, very. Oh, I, listen, <laughs> I'm a huge Office fan. Love The Office. But what I realized is I was sitting there complaining, "Well, I don't get enough sleep. Well, I could easily cut two episodes out and go to sleep an hour." <laughs> You know what I mean? So I'm the same. I read a thing on Facebook that actually said, uh, you know, people say, you know, you go, oh, you go to bed at nine 30, you're old. You're old. No, I go to bed at nine 30. Cause I have a job. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's why I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I act like a person who's got a job anyway. So I like that. I like that idea, Matt, of, of being creative, finding the times that you can rest. Um, talk about that a little bit more so 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 you obviously with you you have the ability in your job to be creative but like let's say you got a person you know let's 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 i'm I'm asking on behalf of our listeners they work a full-time job um and then they serve in their church uh wednesday night sunday whatever that might be what are some examples you know i just like cutting netflix down what are some examples that maybe you know let's be a little creative for them let's let's come up with some creative ways that they can maybe throw some rest in there hmm Ooh, I stumped him. That's that's no. good. Um, you did stump me, actually. I've never really <laughs> thought about that. Um, I would say find things that you can do in the evenings that are restful to you. Um, one of the that's things, good. have you guys ever heard of the, I think it's, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank now. Uh, D, D3 Discipleship, I think is what it's called. Um, there, there's this concept where they say, you should work from your rest instead of resting from your work. Hmm. So if you think about it, your work. Say that again. Say that again. Yes. You should work from your rest 
instead of resting from your work. Oh, that's good. So the idea behind that is take time to rest. That way you can work from that rest rather than work, 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 and then rest. So intentionally take time out to rest, whatever is restful to you. It might be going to play basketball like that to me on a, on a Wednesday night or Tuesday night or whatever that to me is rest. I love it. Good. It gives me time to recharge, refuel, even though I'm tired as heck after I'm done running up and down the court, but you know, find those times where you can intentionally rest or do something restful to you. That way you can, your, your work can come out of that. That's good. That's good. Goodness. Okay. So let's, let's move on to this next one. Cause I really wanted to talk about this next one. I think it's a, you know, because of our culture, because of what's going on, you know, I think, I think this is the one that's probably bouncing around in many people's heads uh, listening to this, to this podcast today. But so we've talked about spiritual self-care. We've talked about physical self-care. Now, now I want to talk about the mental slash emotional self-care and I'm not combining the two um, because I think they're connected, you know, in a little bit, but um, you know, one of the things in ministry is we're constantly pouring out to people, but not just pouring out, we're constantly being faced with the downright awful things that happen in other people's lives. And we're, we're being faced with them in a way to help encourage, uplift and hold them up. Um, although that's not really our job, that's Jesus. One of the things is pastors, because we care because the very nature of what the calling of a pastor is, is we tend to try to carry the burdens of those we shepherd and those burdens weigh us down, you know, um, and that burden can take a toll on you emotionally can take a toll on you mentally. Um, I mean, it can take a toll to the point where we begin to feel the emotions in a way that we should never feel because we shouldn't be caring. And I believe that's a good bit of, of the struggle today with pastors is it's just heavy. It's a heavy burdensome job um, at times because of what we're called to do. So in light of that and thinking about that, what are some ways, Matt, that, you know, first of all, you know, what are some ways you combat it? You know, what are some ways that you unload that weight? And, and, and what would you say is encouragement to those pastors that are out there listening right now that maybe are struggling with depression or anxiety, uh, stress, and it's just bogging them down to the point where emotionally and mentally they're exhausted. What would you say? Yeah, I'll be honest. Uh, anxiety is something I, I struggle with on a, you know, regular basis. And I think it goes back to, that kind of spiritual self-care side of things to the point where, you know, one of, one of the things I do, I, I hold true to the promise in Psalm 91 that says, because he loves me, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me. I'll answer him. I'll be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. So like anytime that anxiety hits me, I'll just, I'll just declare that over my life. You know, I call, I'll call on God. God will answer me if I call on him. Um, you know, so I think it really comes back down to that. It's so hard when you're just dealing with the, you know, emotional struggles of other people that they're just unloading on you to the point where you got to take it upon yourself and it just feels like a burden. So I think it's important to, not only, you know, stay grounded and hold on to those promises that are found in, in scripture, but also I think another side of it is you need to have someone that you can also vent to. Like if I, if I I hold it all in, I'm going to like, I know for a fact I will be anxious. I will be basically, you know, ready to explode, so to speak. Um, because I'm holding it all in. So finding someone that you can, that can mentor you along the way and that you can kind of, you know, uh, I, I guess just unload what's on your chest to someone else, I think is so, so important. And I don't know that enough pastors have that. I think there are a lot of pastors that do. 
but I don't know, man, I, I can't recall. I, I think I had sent you guys in a text, something that I had read and let me find it real quick. I it, it, it was crazy to me that so many pastors kind of are, are, are fighting depression. There was this, the Schaefer Institute is what it was. So the Schaefer Institute said 70% of pastors constantly fight depression. 71% are burned out. 80% believe pastoral ministry has negatively affected their families. And 70% say they don't have a close friend. Wow. That is crazy. 70% wow. of pastors would say they don't have a close friend. Seven out of 10 pastors. That's yeah. nuts. So dang, find find a local pastor in your area that you can say that you can call upon when you are dealing with anxiety, <laughs> depression, whatever it may be to the point where you can just, you can call them whenever you want. They can be that close friend for you. If you don't have a close friend in ministry, find one. Yep. Unload on them. Like it's so important. That's so. good. That's good. You need a safe place, a safe person. I agree with that hundred percent. Um, in fact, just a snippet before we go over to Taylor, I, we lived in Birmingham. Uh, my best friend, we, you know, we worked together at the same job and then served at the same church. And I tell you what, man, the difference in being up there with him and down here by myself is, is it's monument. I mean, it's, it's insane how big of a difference it is because now he's a, now I have to call him where before, you know, I had him, you know, all the time. So I, I agree with that hundred percent get a friend, man, unload, unload the weight. It's not yours to hold by yourself. Right. Uh, Taylor, what would you say? Yeah, it's, it's funny. I, Matt, I was thinking the same thing. Um, I, I was thinking, you know, and if at all possible, sort of my, my suggestion would be you need to have two people in your life, at least two people in your life that you can be completely safe and real with. Um, one person, if possible, one person, on your church staff or that is a pastor, some, meaning someone that gets the context and gets, gets you, gets being in ministry, get, gets that. Yes. Um, yeah. and, then a, and then a second person that is not on a church staff, that is not on your staff, that doesn't have to be a pastor, someone that you can be absolutely just is real with as well. Um, but that other person, what they can do is they can provide the gift of clarity um, so and, good. And, and just speak from someone from the outside just to see things. That's so good. Um, that's, that's my biggest suggestion. I like I that. Would, I like I what you're saying that. is you need to have a person on the inside who can mm-hmm. relate. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I've, you know, and I've heard that before, but I like the idea that you just said Taylor, about having a person on the outside. Mm-hmm. So because good. how many times do we, and, and I was going to, I was going to mention this, but I'll go back to you, Taylor on it. But I think I think one of the things pastors have a problem with is we tend to not listen to or believe our emotions because we have been taught that we are to biblically combat those, right? Yeah. So if I feel angry, I need to combat it. Or if I feel depressed, I need to combat it. But mm-hmm. something that I'm learning as I grow older is that your emotions are your emotions and the way you feel is the way you feel. Right. And nobody can tell you that your feelings are wrong because feelings aren't, are, are actually relative. They're not, you know, they're not the same across the board. Mm-hmm. Something happens that'll make me feel a different way than the way you feel. So feelings are relative, right? So feelings can't be taught. You can't, nobody can tell you the way you feel, but I think pastors have an issue with actually working out their feelings because we come at it from a biblical biblical perspective there's nothing wrong with that but we we're constantly trying to combat our feelings instead of sometimes embracing them and then processing them and working through those and i like what you say about getting somebody outside of the church because that will open up you know the doors to being able to process an emotion right and and i say biblically let's just say churchy right let's say religiously we yes, work through our yeah. feelings because it's not really biblical i think the bible is very clear on processing emotions because if you look at david he was an emotional dude mm-hmm. and most of the psalms we read are him working through his emotions right i mean so i honestly think that's very key you can do that however 
you know, what we've done is we've made these religious rules and ideas on how you deal with emotions and, and how you deal with anxiety and how you deal with all these different things. But I, th- I love that. Talk, I love that. Let's talk about that a little bit more, man. You, so you find somebody outside, maybe just business world, friend, somebody doesn't work in the church world. Would you recommend it being an unsaved person or would you recommend them at least knowing Jesus? What would you say? Yeah, that's, that's great. I would, I would obviously, I would recommend that they know Jesus, but let me, let me just say this real quick. Um, then this is going to sound like, like this, this, you know, people are like, Oh, I don't know if I agree with him. Um, I get a lot of wisdom from people who are not Christians as well. When I talk about this kind of stuff, let me just, let me just say that um, there's, there's a lot of friends of mine. I have a few friends of mine who, you know, who, you know, I mean, they're, they're school teachers, they're firefighters, they're, they're vice presidents of companies, they're engineers, they're accountants, they're, I mean, all over the place. Um, and these are guys that I can be absolutely real with. And when I talk about stuff that I'm, you know, stuff that's been going on at church or stuff that I'm processing or stuff that I'm feeling or struggles I'm having, the wisdom that I can get from, from both those who know Jesus and those who do not is, is pretty incredible. Um, it's great stuff. It's an outside perspective that, and sometimes I I just need to hear. Um, now, obviously, I would say I would say this. Um, I would say I think if you're going to, you know, if I said you know two people, one inside, one outside. If you're going to have someone on the outside, and you can only have one person, I would suggest that they are a Christ follower. But if you have this gifting of being able to have people in your life that that's a mix of both, maybe you have really close friends that are. Christ followers may be really close friends that aren't. Take advantage of that. Um, you know, be real with them because chances are they're 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 waiting to be real with you, uh, which creates awesome opportunity too. I can't tell you how many conversations I've had just talking about struggles within life or within the church, keeping the unity of the church. Hear me, you know, just just everyday struggles that we all face in our job. I can't tell you how those conversations have led to conversations about Christ with my friends who don't know. That's right. Follow Christ. Um, so the opportunities there, I mean, just, just incredible. Um, I mean, it's, oh, it's it, good. Truly. It's, it's, it's such a helpful thing for me at least in, in, in my context. And I think that's key too. I think, I think what you said on the end there makes sense because sure. You, you know, you, one of the things that is marked our culture now is the desire for authenticity. So the moment you became authentic and you're not talking about how perfect your church life is. Yeah, exactly. And you talk about the imperfections of it and that we're still people and we still have problems and I still got issues. And then you get their perspective and you're, and you're not doing it out of the desire to, you know, share your faith or whatever. You're just trying to be real. Mm-hmm. I think it opens a door for twofold one, like you said, it opens their, their heart up to maybe hear what you have to say. But two, how many times have we, you felt burdened or downed and, and, or, you know, maybe just burned out a little bit, but how rejuvenating is it when you talk to somebody about what God's done for you? It's like, it's almost as if you're just being reminding yourself yeah. of where you've come from. And that really does rejuvenate and give strength, you know? Mm-hmm. that's good man i really like that so for the sake of time man, we're gonna go ahead and wrap this thing up but i'm gonna summarize and then give you guys you know to give one piece of advice that you would give to a pastor or a youth worker that's struggling in one of these three areas but so just as a recap we talked about spiritual self-care physical self-care and mental or emotional self-care and, and a couple of things we we talked about on that is in the spiritual self-care side is uh, really just be with god Spend time with them outside of your study time. And we talked about changing the physical location. So don't study and spend time in the same place. I think that's key. You know, I'm, I hate working out at home because that's where I chill and watch the office. Um, you know, so change the location and just be with them. Uh, physical self-care. Uh, take your Sabbath one day a week, one day a month, a few days a quarter to be off. And if you can't do that, if you're bivocational, be creative in what you do to find your rest, you know, whatever that may look like for you. Uh, And rest doesn't necessarily mean you're sitting down on a couch. Uh, Thank you, Matt. Rest could be uh, anything. And the the quote he said was, uh, instead of um, resting from your work, work from your rest. So switch the foundation, uh, switch it around and, you know, find activities that cause you, re- that give you restful state, right. That puts you in a restful state. 
that clears your mind. And so that brings, and brings us to the next and last topic we talked about, which was mental or emotional rest or self-care is, uh, and the big one is get a friend to unload the weight to, cause you're not meant to carry it all by yourself and, uh, make that a friend in the church and a friend outside of the church so that you can get two perspectives and be able to process your emotions properly so that you're not hoarding that in and then exploding or burning out and becoming just another statistic. Cause the last thing we want is for uh, any of us to become a statistic because we've all been called to impact this generation. Uh, and if we're a statistic, we cannot do that. So before we leave, before we sign off, I'm going to give you guys each just a two second two you know, two second. Uh, what would you say as a word of advice or of, of encouragement to our listeners out there uh, before we go, Taylor? I would, um, I would say I'm going to, I'm going to zoom in real quick on, um, on the last one on, on emotional and mental, um, health, um, just, just real quick. And, and there's lots and lots and lots that we can say. Um, we have an episode actually before we encourage you to listen, where we talked about this with students. Um, and just, just to, you know, if, well, some of the stuff we said there applies to youth workers as well. And we do talk a little bit about youth workers. So please, if you haven't listened to that episode yet, please do so. I'm um, scroll back to sort of our earlier episodes. But, but I would say this, I would say um, to, to really be honest with yourself about yourself when it comes to mental and emotional health. That's good. Um, it, it's very easy to try to write things off as, well, this is just a bad day or this is just a bad week or this is just a tough season. Those are very Christian-y things that we like to say um, to, to try to sort of gloss over the fact that our, um, our, our, our mental and emotional state might not be healthy, might not be the best. And so I want to just encourage you as youth workers uh, to, to just be honest about yourself, um, to, 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 to really acknowledge and take a look and say, man, something's not okay. And, and if it's not okay, that, that it is okay to share with someone and to share that with somebody and, and to get help and know, know when you're able to, do some things with for yourself or, or when it's time to even go to professional help. Um, we, we just, I just want to encourage you with that um, because, because ministry is tough. Life is tough and life can be tough in lots of different ways. And ministry can, can, can give us some scars in, in lots of different ways. Um, and, and it can, and it can really stick with us. And so I just want to encourage you just to, to be honest when looking inward, be honest when looking at yourself and, and to not be afraid to, to talk about that or to share that with those safe people in your life and then and then go to a professional if needed um it's you know there's some things that that are that are you know we need smarter people than us to figure out quite honestly um that's right so that, that's my that's my encouragement that's good matt what you got yeah as cliche as this might sound um you know i've i've fallen into the the trap and the lie with anxiety and depression that i'm alone in it if you're dealing with anxiety, if you're dealing with depression, whatever, maybe know that you aren't alone and know that you can also, if you don't have that close friend that you can talk to and unload stuff on, um, you can reach out to us, right? Um, you can reach out to us on Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Um, I know any of us, um, Blake, Graham, Taylor, Noah, myself, like any of us, would be happy, more than happy to talk with you. Yeah. Um, yep. If you need, if you need it. So know that you're not alone as cliche as it sounds, but it's that close friend. It's um, good. Like I said, whether it be us or whether it be someone, someone in your hometown, if your hometown's not big and you don't have any youth pastor friends near you, like I said, reach out to us. That's good. Appreciate that guys. And I think that, uh, think that this is going to be extremely helpful for those out there and again like matt was saying if you guys have any questions or if you feel like you are alone or if you feel like you're struggling with any of these areas feel free to reach out to us by no means are we experts we just simply walk through it with you and uh we talk enough to be able to record it and put it out on a podcast so uh but feel free to reach out to us uh send us a direct message you know whatever it takes you know we'd be more than willing to to talk with you guys we would love yeah. to be honored yeah. uh, to, to help you guys out because again here at youth ministry united our entire mission is to equip encourage 
and empower youth leaders and youth workers all over the nation. And that includes these three areas, not just for programs and messages and worship services. We want to make sure that you guys as the leaders are fully uh, fulfilled, equipped, um, and empowered to do everything that you've been called to do. Um, and that this is where it starts. So we're excited that you're along for us on this ride. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 15 of self care with youth ministry United. And until next time, we'll see you.